I decided when I retired that there was some unfinished business I really needed to see through. Right. Uh, frankly, the whole way in which we uh, quantify, measure uh, the lighting and apply the technology in, light, in lighting just misses the point that we provide lighting for people. And until we get a really sound basis that relates people's response to lighting to the quantities, the technology is irrelevant to the process of design. The assumption that was made early on that the purpose of lighting is to illuminate visual tasks so that people can work productively, efficiently and economically um, is simply not a sound basis for us providing lighting in this day and age. Welcome back listeners to the Virtual Lighting Design Community Podcast. In our third episode, we have a very special interview lined up for you. We had the privilege of speaking with Dr. Christopher Kit Cuddle, who was one of the keynote speakers at the prestigious IES ANZ Light in Focus event held in Sydney, Australia back in June 2023. The Light in Focus event brought together industry luminaries from around the world sharing their expertise and insights. It was an incredible platform for networking and knowledge exchange. As an event partner of the IES, the virtual lighting design community had the honor of being part of this extraordinary event, capturing unforgettable moments and indulging in enlightening one-on-one interactions with these revered experts. Dr. Kit Cuddle is a renowned figure in the lighting industry. With his vast experience and deep knowledge, he has contributed immensely to the field. This interview with Dr. Cuddle promises to be an illuminating discussion on various aspects of lighting design. We would like to take a moment to thank our premium supporters, Aero Light, Creative Lighting Asia, Erco, and the Signify Lighting Academy for the continuous support of our platform. Their commitment helps us bring you these valuable interviews and insights. Remember, you can watch the actual video version of the interview on our platform by visiting members.vld.community or by checking out our YouTube channel. We are excited to bring you this interview with Dr. Christopher Kit Cuddle, so let's jump straight into the episode. My name is Marnie Klaassen and uh, welcome to our virtual lighting design community. We are at the IES event in Sydney and uh, I have the pleasure to be interviewing Kit Cuttle. Kit, welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> so who is Kit and what does he do in his daily life? Well, right now I'm a, reti- a retired academic uh, and uh, I decided when I retired that there was some unfinished business I really needed to see through. Right. Uh, frankly, the whole way in which we uh, quantify, measure uh, the lighting and apply the technology in, light, in lighting just misses the point that we provide lighting for people. Mm. And the, uh, the, the all the standards we are working to seem to be all about illuminating a light meter. They're not about providing lighting for the benefit of people. Yes. We're just off 
charted. We don't design for lux meters. Well, that is it. And until we get a really sound basis that relates people's response to lighting to the quantities, the technology is irrelevant to the process of design. And we need to stand back from this and get it sorted. Since I started on this, there has been... um, Coincidental with me, as uh, my input has been a distinct growth in people studying lighting in order to be able to make this relationship. And in particular, <clears throat> these assumption that was made early on that the purpose of lighting is to illuminate visual tasks so that people can work productively, efficiently, and economically uh, is simply not a sound basis for us providing lighting in this day and age. Um, Generally speaking, if something's hard to see, a way of making either making it easier to see or making it unnecessary to see um, is instituted. And what really matters is that we provide, um, we apply our technology to enable us to reliably meet our expectations for people's Mm. response to their surroundings and their environment. Mm. That is what we need to be doing. That was also the topic of your presentation, basically, right? Absolutely. So how do you feel people are responding to that? Well, in actual fact, I've been quite amazed um, because it involves um, a complete turnaround uh, in uh, so so many aspects. The type of light that is seen to be efficient, by which people put in regular arrays of downlighters, uh, and then uh, that's simply because measuring illuminance on the horizontal working plane uh, is the standard that uh, people seem to have. Uh, feel, uh, that the standards require uh, people to, to 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 achieve, and as I say, the whole practice has developed to illuminate a light meter. Mm. It's got really nothing to do with how people respond to uh, to their surroundings and the role that lighting can play in not just making things visible, but giving some value, giving some intent, making places work visually, mm-hmm. and so that uh, people can, uh, the, the lighting actually um, transforms people's experience of mm-hmm. their surroundings. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah, what yeah, we yeah. need. Lighting is very transformative in a way, for sure. Now, the, the, the main theme of this, this event here is what's next in lighting? What's the future? What's the next big thing that you can see? And you, you, you've come from so long ago, so it has happened so much since the early days of incandescent and fluorescent. What's the next big thing from your perspective? Well, as far as the technology of lighting is concerned, this doesn't seem to, it, it just seems to be driven um, very effectively and very efficiently because the amount of innovation that has occurred uh, with uh, light sources and controls in particular has been remarkable. And uh, the industry is doing a splendid job mm. of uh, bringing the, all the, the advantages to us. Mm. What is not developing is development of applying this for to the be, for the benefit of people. Mm. Of course, there are gifted lighting designers who do this very efficiently and very mm. well. But the actual proportion 
of installed lighting that is designed by these people is tiny. Mm. I want to get to a situation where it just becomes the normal practice mm. for a uh, somebody, whoever in designs or puts together the lighting installation mm. to stop and take a good look at the uh, thought about the place mm. and come up with a solution that is actually relates to mm. the specifics of, the, of that location. Yeah. As it is, standard lighting designs are simply rolled out. Right. Um, just... I, I, I was introduced to this myself because I spent the first six years of my uh, uh, life in lighting working for a lighting manufacturer, providing a so-called free service to uh, people who, who got in touch with a company. And I know perfectly well how, how it is done. You just take space after space, you work out a grid, you sort out the luminaires, you yeah, do a yeah. ca calculation to work out the lamping to go into it. Right. Um, get this drawn up, send it down to sales department for pricing up, out it goes to, to the client, and you move on to the next job. Um, I was very good at it, actually. They were very disappointed when I left them to join <laughs> a, a young architect called Derek Phillips, yeah. who was setting up Britain's first architectural lighting consultancy yeah. practice. He had one he had a successful architectural practice, by the way, and he had one other guy who was working on lighting. I became the second one. Um, now, of course, that's DPA Lighting Consultants, mm -hmm. an international organization that was won awards all over the place. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yes, Derek was the person who first started me thinking about how you apply lighting specifically to applications and come up with lighting that really works for locations. And look where that brought you today. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, what I want is to get to a situation where the sort of person who is employed to do the job I was doing yeah. will be able to uh, look at that position and say, hmm, I can do a bit better yeah. than this. I can do yeah. more. I can make the lighting work for these people. And um, until we have a change in the lighting standards, which will lead to a changes in the recommendations, mm. and we at least leads to mm. people having metrics that mm. actually relate to the visual mm. experience. Mm. So that we can say that yes, there are going, there are standards that have to be met. We can't expect yeah. standards to vanish and disappear, but the standards absolutely are, are such that if you design lighting that people are going to respond to well, it definitely will comply. As it is, mm. that simply is not the situation. Yeah. Um, uniform illumination of a horizontal working plane yeah. uh, is got nothing to do yeah. with a satisfaction. Human Standards has to go along with the change that is happening over time as well, right? Yes, so, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we talk a lot about artificial intelligence nowadays with all these new things coming in. Does that have any? Does it ring any bells for you, or is it like? <laughs> far from my bed. <laughs> I have not the slightest doubt that it won't be long before somebody comes up with a situation where you just feed in the um, dimensions, surface uh, surface properties of a space, mm. uh, tell them uh, which, what category of activity is going to be there, yeah. and a, uh, a, a lighting solution will just come rolling yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the point is that uh, I would hope that it's going to be a long time uh, before 
human thought is completely cut out of the process and you can't do be better than by getting somebody <laughs> yeah, who yeah, is yeah. thoughtful, someone who is imaginative and has a bit of experience mm. to get in and yeah, do yeah, the job. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm still somebody who likes to sketch and have a pen, but a lot of people nowadays, they're all computer-bound and they only can do something with a computer. So it's, it's, it's the same thing. We, we're moving into this virtual, artificial world and think, what, what will be our role in that, right? Now, you, you have contributed to our virtual line design uh, community platform with, with a very interesting talk. Um, tell me about your experience working, doing it in this way, in, in this way that we can record your thoughts and then disseminate it amongst our members in the community. Well, I have to say that uh, the... I gained a lot from uh, catching other people's mm. contributions. I gave my own contribution and it sort of goes out into a void mm. and I don't know how people <laughs> responded to it. That is the difference between doing it that way and coming to a conference mm. like this. Well, I can sit, just come out, and as I'm getting my lunch or getting a mm. cup of uh, cup of coffee, um, I'm meeting people and talking to them and getting yeah. their feedback. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, I could see the huge value of being able to have international events and uh, where so many people can come to come together could all be done uh, mm. over over the internet. But um, there is still there that human is personal an interaction that's so important that is lacking yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do feel. Yeah. Maybe the answer is an actual fact to have a combination of these two things. Um, that's the days when we that's could, it. This is the face-to-face. -face right. <laughs> the days when we could just uh, keep jetting about the place, yes, we do have to take a more yeah. responsible attitude there. Yeah. But if we just come down to a few of these events where um, we, we, we travel to, but we still get to exchange thoughts and ideas mm. using, using the internet so that we don't have to go long periods between getting some interaction with other people. We can keep this at this on a much more frequent mm. basis, uh, basis, but possibly we do meet other people a little bit less frequently. Yes, that's right. Now, you have been around for so long time what still gets you out of bed in the morning what drives you what's the passion that gets Kit Kirtle doing what he's doing well one of the things I think is getting old I don't sleep anything like as long as I used to and I tend to wake up quite early in the morning and I get fed up with lying in bed and decide I want to get up and do something my wife uh, she, she still sleeps well and um, so we've had to come to a little bit of a compromise but in actual fact before breakfast is one of my prime times when it's absolutely quiet I've often been lying in bed for an hour or more thinking about what I'm going to do, and I can get down to a bit of a bit, a bit of good writing then. But really, the whole of the business of seeing this lighting design objectives procedures yeah. is a thing that, uh, yes, it has made retirement definitely not a boring time uh, of my life uh, because I have been just I'm just amazed in actual fact at the response that's occurring there mm. and how even the people who 
right to the lighting standard. So I've always thought of as being very difficult people to approach or to influence in any way are in actual fact taking interest and noting this. We can't go on like this any longer, pretending that... The sole purpose why we provide provide lighting for is enabling people to perform difficult visual tasks efficiently mm. and comfortably. Mm. No. Nah. <laughs> we absolutely have to break away right. break away from that. And yeah. um, well, I think I can see a lot of signs now. It's happening. Of this, yeah. of this yeah, happening. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Now, one last question. Um, we're all now in a period of change with the new, you know, the, the smart world coming to us. If, if there's one thing you could change right now, if you had the ability to change something, what, what would that be? Lighting standards. Lighting standards. <laughs> the whole business of um, doing a job where um, <clears throat> the engineer in charge who comes round and uh, checks that the air conditioning, uh, the ventilation system, uh, the noise control, the sound system and the lighting are all working properly and in accordance with local standards, Mm. even if they're not mandatory, they have to be signed off by an engineer who pulls out a light meter, holds it about waist high, wanders around the place and just sees that the numbers pop up uh, in accordance with the standard. And this is just so frustrating to someone who has designed a distribution of light that really works and relates to a space and makes it come alive. There you go. Things for you to do still. still (laughs) Kit, thank you so much for this very nice discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. And that brings us to the end of another insightful episode of the Virtual Lighting Design Community Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our interview with Dr. Christopher Kit Cuddle, a true luminary in the field of lighting design. We value your feedback and would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Let us know your comments, your questions, or your suggestions by leaving a message on our website or by reaching out to us on social media. Make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date with the latest episodes and interviews with industry experts. We appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more enlightening conversations. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Virtual Lighting Design Community Podcast. And until next time, keep shining bright.